Welcome once again to Oakwood Connect. This is Pastor Ariel with Elder John Trombley, and we are closing the Sermon on the Mount today. It's Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. Brother, this is amazing. We are ending the Sermon on the Mount. And how long did that take? Um, I don't know, brother, but <laughs> it was it was worth the fact that we went slow. I'm glad that we just let this whole thing flow and we're what finishing I, with I think some powerful things. I think what, you know, when, what I love about Bible study is that it does take a long time. Mm. Sometimes I'll tell friends that, hey, we're going through, you know, the book of Romans and they'll go, oh, really? How long did it take? And I'm like, well, it's been a year and a half or, you know, whatever <laughs> yeah. it might be. And they're like, you know, really? Because when we did it, it was only two weeks. We went through the book of Romans. <laughs> well, you, you get what you, what you invest in. And I guess this is a good introduction for today's um, parable that Jesus closes. Uh, John, as we've done in the past, would you like to read for us uh, Matthew 7, 24 through 27 for mm -hmm. our listeners? All right. So again, Matthew chapter 7, 24 through 27, it says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, we uh, does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and the and great was its fall. So, this is how Jesus concludes a choice: mm. two different uh, scenarios, um, but they're not opposing. You have two homes. What is different is the environment, right? Um, which is an intriguing way to finish such a masterful, you know, the, the narrow way, the, the cares and anxieties. Uh, we've learned about prayer, revenge, uh, lust, anger, all these things that Jesus talked about, and he concludes with the perfect appeal. And isn't that isn't that Christ-like? Isn't that the the scriptures where you know we can dive into the scriptures like we were just talking about and and divide and look and all these things and and literally we can study this for eternity mm -hmm. and yet he ends up he finishes it with something so simple that we can all relate to mm -hmm. we can all understand building a house on a foundation that's solid or not yep that is something that we can all understand and that is a brilliant way to close because what does it matter that we say all these flowery things? Oh, this is wonderful, you know, so applicable, so beautiful, so insightful, but you don't do a single thing. Right. So Jesus is saying, I don't want you to shake my hand and say, that was a wonderful servant, Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really care for that. What I care is that you do. Because whoever hears these words of mine and does them is the solid foundation person. But whoever hears these sayings as my, of mine but does not, then you have this other environment. So for Jesus, it's crucial that we not only hear, he's happy that we're hearing, but the applying part, you know. And maybe we could, you know, we've, we've kind of gravitated towards this and we've addressed this consistently. And I'm glad that you've always been consistent in bringing this up, that we stay away from the legalistic application of Scripture, but that we don't ignore the doing part right. of Scripture. Mm -hmm. And Jesus here does not mince words. If you want to build your house on a foundation, 
uh, why why would Jesus contrast rock versus sand? Right. What is he trying to imply by these two environments? I don't know if you've thought about that, John. Well, you know, you're, as you were just talking, you made me think of you have the solid, you know, what we're looking at here is the solid, the solid foundation of God's word mm-hmm. and versus, this is how I see it anyway, the, the, the loose theologies out there that we could build upon, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're, as you were talking, you're making me think of the, we, we watch these interviews. We, we see these interviews of celebrities, right? And a lot of times their philosophies on life are asked. And so they'll tell you. <laughs> Gladly they'll tell you, right? Because they're so great. You know, just ask them. They'll tell you how great they are. And they'll give you these philosophies. A lot of times, like, for example, uh, uh, somebody might get married. And they've been married for a good five years. Can you imagine being married for five years? In Hollywood years, that converts to like 80. Right. <laughs> and it's like dog years type thing. Right, exactly. And and so they'll ask them, well, what's the secret to a happy marriage, right? And they'll tell you something goofy, you know. They'll read the tabloid about yourself. Right, exactly. You know, they'll give you their philosophy and it sounds really good. And then like maybe a couple months later, you find out that they, they're divorced now. Yeah. Now, they gave you some information and maybe you took that to heart and you said, you know what, that sounds pretty good. But then it falls apart a couple months later. And and yet here we are, to, we listen to these people all the time, right? Mm. And it can change whenever it wants. And like by fans. the way, and by the way, they're actors. They're paid to lie to you. And they're paid to be really good at it. You know, that's why we like them because they lie so well. We we they we make can, you believe that exactly. they really are, you know, jumping off of buildings or saving the world. Um, that makes me think of loose sand. God has a solid foundation. He yep. doesn't change. Now, I've been thinking about this and trying to visualize. You build a house on a rock versus you build a house on the sand and a rock Typically, it doesn't necessarily provide for you that nice, smooth surface, mm. which means that you have to get a pick and some chisels, and you know you got to sweat quite a bit even before you even build the house. So for me, that 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 at least visualization is could be summarized in one word: change. Mm. This there has to be a change. The sand, in the in the other hand, is flat already. It's smooth. You know, it's it's, it's as flat as you can get. So you can just start building mm. right on it. Mm-hmm. No need for change. And Jesus is uh, contrasting whoever hears these words and does them. You know, my words won't leave you the same. If you accept Christ and you still live your life the way you lived before you accepted Christ, you haven't accepted Christ. (laughs) Because, or at least you haven't applied what Jesus has said to your life. Mm -hmm. Um, So the the idea here is if you're going to hear about anger, if you're going to hear about the necessity of prayer, if you're going to hear the necessity about scripture, but all you do is hear good sermons, you know, if all you do is go to YouTube or Facebook, or whatever it is that you listen to spiritual material, if all you do is listen, but don't figure out ways to apply them, you you will find yourself in the, the sand mm-hmm. because it's the sand that will betray you. The sand, the sand feels pretty solid. I mean, I, I play volleyball. I played soccer on the sand. You fall on it, man. You <laughs> knock mm, the wind out hurts, of you. Yeah. It's a little bit cushiony, but it still knocks the wind out of you. Um, but not when it comes to wind. You know, the, the sand, just like the illustration you used of these individuals, these you know relationship gurus um, in, in, in society, they are unable to even sustain... Um, a, a, consistency in their lives just like sand 
when they were here, a wave of emotions come, a wave of circumstances come, and we change. Mm -hmm. we, we are, we're in flux continually. But rocks are not. Um, the, the, the words of Christ have withstood time. And not simply that, oh, no, look, the, the Bible has survived in paper and ink. No, no. The, the Bible has sustained or has uh, remained relevant and applicable, but even more importantly, life-changing for millennia. Humans that have applied the Word of God to their lives have found that their lives can withstand the storms. And this is something you and I talked about in, in John. Maybe we can discuss this aspect right now as a parenthesis. Jesus doesn't say what many people read, like these prosperity gospels. Mm -hmm. Jesus' parable doesn't say the guy that built his house on the rock doesn't get rain, doesn't get wind, and doesn't get a flood. Only the guy that builds on the sand. Right. Both homes get lambasted. Mm -hmm. Now, what would, what would Jesus make that statement, John? What, what, was, what would be his point? What would be to... Uh, I guess to let us know, to give us forewarning that, hey, just because you're following me, there, it, you know, there's no promise that um, it's going to be like you were talking about, like the prosperity gospel. There's no promise that it's going to be easy, but you do need. He's. It, it's almost you know, sin happens, right? The world is <laughs> yes. full of sin. Yes. Christ is letting you know. Look, you're in this world of sin. But you do need a solid we foundation. We need to make a t-shirt that says that. Right. <laughs> I've often thought about t-shirts. Yeah, we should make some t-shirts. Um, because that's a, that's a truth statement. Um, people don't understand what it is happening. And we, we cry out, you know, unfair, unfair, unjust, unjust. Mm -hmm. um, I was sharing with you how riding to church this morning for worship with the kids, I was listening to Habakkuk. And Habakkuk's big complaint was, Lord, how can you from heaven watch the injustice? Mm -hmm. How can you in heaven watch your people... Um, cause the evil to prosper and to seek for judgment and the, the wicked get a hand slap while the righteous don't receive any kind of justice, any kind of vindication. How can you in heaven just sit there and watch these things inactive? So we can experience here on earth, you know, this idea of I'm applying the word of God to my life. I'm following this, the teachings of Jesus. I am committed to, you know, following his path. And yet, look at the difficulties that I'm experiencing, the, the setbacks, the financial limitations, or just straight up the injustices right. that mm -hmm. can happen in the medical world, that can happen in the financial world, that can happen in my employment. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I want to keep the Sabbath. And now because I decide to keep Sabbath, my employment opportunities or options have just dwindled to almost nothing. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, those are the things that we grapple with. And Jesus is saying, listen, the storms will come, the winds will come, but you won't fall. Mm -hmm. Your house won't fall. And what does that mean that the house does not fall? That there's no injury when you know my finances may be affected, my health may be affected. What would Jesus mean when he says the house doesn't fall that is built on well, you know, I just you, and, and maybe this is the answer, but you made me think as as someone who has the foundation of God when the rains come yes they 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 come but like as you were pointing out that uh there's still this solid foundation we still persevere mm -hmm. with with that solid foundation often you know, even with all the injustices in the world and all those things and we get asked that question how can you believe there's a god with all of these things yeah. that are going the on the shootings in el paso the shootings in dayton you right know, just with recent ones well that's the that's the sand building your foundation building your house on the sand 
you have to ask those questions. How can all these things go on if there's no God, or if there is a God, how can these things go on and you still don't have an answer? There, that, that house that's on the sand, it has to go to the place where we have our problems, right? If sin and humanity are doing all these things, well, then where's the solution? Well, if without God, it's sin and humanity you go to for the <laughs> solutions. And the solutions never, you know, they're, they're not built on anything either. Because you, if you're reacting to the things that are currently going on, and you're just trying to react to those things without a, without a goal in mind at the end, except for maybe peace and safety, but that never works. More, you know, when you talk about the shootings, more laws, well, they weren't, they weren't following the laws exactly. in the first place. So more laws isn't going to help that. But there, need, there needs to be a solution. Well, there is. It's this rock we're talking right. about. It's not, it's not what our emotion, what can our emotions do now? You know, that's not a good way to live life. The, the failure of sand doesn't mean that we need more sand. Right. You know, it's not that, oh, we need, we need to, you know, raise the, the, the height of the beach. Well, that whatever high you raise it, it will soon get wiped down anyways. Mm -hmm. The waves will slowly whittle it down. Look, when I watch the news, I sit there and go, you know, I know what the, the conclusion is. Praise God. I know where that, that mm -hmm. conclusion is. I sit there and go, boy, how do people function today if they don't have God? How do they do it? And it wasn't that long ago that I was doing that. Mm. It, but I can't remember, you know, <laughs> because now that now that we know the truth, now that we know who God is and that there is this plan, uh, but again, that's the solid foundation. I'm watching the same thing. I'm experiencing the same thing you are in the sand. I'm experiencing that too. But... I now have that piece of what's really going on. Mm. And those that are in the sand, they just have to, they're still treading. You know, you were talking about how the sand is hard and, and it hurts, but go jogging in the sand. Yeah. It's not easy to do, mm. right? A mile on pavement's way easier than a mile on the sand. Yeah. If you can do a mile in the sand, uh, God bless you if you can. <clears throat> but that kind of is how it feels. When you're dealing with the world, you're struggling with that sand. No, I'm trying to think of you know the application, and I share with you a story of something that doesn't happen to just the people in this story. Uh, while I was in Columbus uh, two weeks ago doing a evangelistic series, um, revival evangelistic series, um, I stayed within the home of two good friends of mine, uh, Adana and Liliana. And um, they clean houses, and they told me that they clean a house with a very wealthy, wealthy, wealthy couple, and uh, very successful financially, professionally, and they're, he's getting up there in age. And, you know, we men go through what I'm beginning to realize, understand better what is midlife crisis, right? Mm -hmm. To me, midlife crisis is a way too long of a term that simply means you're beginning to realize you're dying. Right. You know, you begin to realize that you're not going to be young forever. And so you begin to change your, your values in, in two reactions, right? Mm -hmm. I'll either try to cling to my youth and look kind of silly in the process. Or I will try to cling to my youth <laughs> some other way, either mm -hmm. professionally, um, you know, by my looks, my appearances. And this man, he fell. The storm of the reality of sin. You can be financially successful. 
But the one thing that hits every human being is this uh, overwhelming realization. We're not here forever. Right. We forget each other. I mean, imagine, I'm trying to imagine what the superstars must go through when they finally go, come to a moment of epiphany of many people don't have a clue who Marilyn Monroe is today. Mm-hmm. Don't have a clue who she is. And yet she was known by everybody during her era and a little bit afterwards. But the sands, you know, the winds and the storms have, you put a footprint in the sand and it's not permanent. Mm-hmm. And it, it, eventually the wind and the waves will wash it off and it will be as if you were never here. And so you invest so much of your career, you invest so much of yourself, and yet you end up with this deep knowing realization, I will be no different. Right. Mm-hmm. I will be no different than Jimi Hendrix, uh, Prince, uh, all these individuals that used to be the thing, the, the world worshiped them. And they're nothing now. Right. Um, how do I react to that? And that was, you don't have to be a superstar to experience that. You just have to begin to re- live a little bit on this planet and realize, hold up a second, all of us end up like that. And so this young, this man who's going through this crisis of understanding his mortality, what is he's having the ecclesiastic, Ecclesiastes crisis, you know, vanity, everything's vanity, all is vanity, my house, my success, what's it all amount? So his response was to have an affair mm. with a much younger woman. A much younger woman giving me attentions. Now I feel complete. Now I feel self-actualized. This is what I needed. A little vitamin adultery, right? <laughs> and what does he get from that is more wind mm. and more storms. Sure. Because that one thing that he did have, his companion, that they went through school together and all these experiences and building up their, their little empire, He's just wounded her mm-hmm. terribly. And he's blindsided to all of this. And until it's until he sees the walls starting to flop down and the roof starting to cave in, and he's beginning to realize, you know, you don't need to have a divorce to have your home fall apart. You just have to have your home fall apart mm-hmm. where there's no communication, where there's screaming and fighting and distrust and all these other elements. So he's realizing, I've just destroyed in trying to build myself, what am I building on? And he's lost, like you said earlier, you know, without people knowing that these kind of passages exist and there's an invitation of, of someone that understands human life, understands the real problems and gives us the real solution, which is not an affair, which is not more money. In essence, it's not more sand. The mm. problem, you don't fix the sand by getting more sand, is you don't, you don't do the sand anymore. Right. And the option is the rock. You have, we have an option. And that rock is not some mystical place or anything like that. It's hearing what Jesus says and applying it to the life. And knowing that the application is the hard part because it will bring change. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess maybe we need to explore this. I don't want people to think, well, I have to change. Jesus has already left it pretty clear that what we need to do is apply the word, have contact with the word, and the word becomes that chisel. The word becomes that empowerment that God works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So God is not asking you to do it yourself. Building on the rock is building on the rock. You are building on by faith on the words of Jesus so that when you read that Jesus wants you to, to manage your anger better, you're not going to go there saying, now, now I'm going to try to manage my anger better. 
Now I'm going to say, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Renew a spirit. Put put your 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 wisdom inside of me. I, I, I told the kids this morning about the need to memorize scripture. It's very comes in very handy. Um, James 3.17 says that the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle. Well, people that, that struggle with their temper, with their anger, you know, flares up really fast. That word, that passage, that verse becomes now material for prayer. Father, give me this wisdom. James 1.5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, now I understand better that it's not saying, if any of you can't pay your bills, or if any of you can't figure out how to balance your checkbook, that's not the wisdom that James 1.5 is speaking of. James 1.5 saying is, is any of you lacking purity? Is any of you guys lacking gentleness? Mm. Is any of you guys lacking um, a humility? Let him ask of God who will give abundantly and without reproach. Now I'm realizing this is what building on the rock is, is me being built on what Jesus says and leaning on his promises and by faith allowing him to transform me, right. changing me. You they, know, that when we deal with pride, when we deal with all these things you just talked about, you're absolutely right. It is a, we can, to, for an ex, for a limited time, we can go, okay, I have an issue. I'm going to change it. Mm -hmm. We can only do that for a limited time. It does take a miraculous outside source. Mm -hmm. it, it does. Because how can you change something that is you? That's right. You can't, you might have a better, um, you, you could have a, ver a, a better deviation of it, but it's mm -hmm. still you. It does take a miraculous outside source. You can't make a uh, rock out of sand. And right. You pile it up. You can make it the shape of, you know, like you've seen those people that do sand sculptures. Mm -hmm. You know, it looks like a rock castle. It looks like a castle made out of rocks. Mm -hmm. But let the waves come right. and the castle goes to pieces. So we can have a facade of the rock. But if, if all I'm trying to do is leaning on my own efforts, my own strength, my house will fail. My house um, will fall. I mean, I'm, I'm just right now realizing that there's this really awesome psalm. Um, Psalms 127, here's, I guess, the balancing equation where here Jesus is telling us, you build on the rock, but Psalms 127 says, unless the Lord builds the house. So mm -hmm. it's a cooperation of, Lord, I'm going to connect to you in my prayer, and not just in the morning, but throughout the day. When Satan brings the, the to memory those very frustrating conversations I've had, those very, you know, difficult situations that I've had to go through to begin to annoy me. And now I have to face my boss. Now I have to face this family member. Now I have to face this situation that will really get under my skin. But the fact that I am in communion with God makes all the difference. Right. The fact that I am reaching out to God is a confession of, Lord, I know how this conversation will end because I've been here before. But I don't want it to end like that again. Right. Uh, abide in me, Lord. I'm reaching out to you. Your son Jesus says in John 15, 15, 5, If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. I am divine. You are the branches. I am connected to you. And I claim that promise in the name of your son Jesus. And you will experience exactly what you just said, John. The most powerful, miraculous manifestation in your life is that God is changing your heart. He can take your cancers, he can take tumors, he can take, he can make our hair grow <laughs> if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. But that's easy. For God, that's chump change. But what takes 
the most the, the power of the resurrection is to transform our hearts, mm. being dead in trespasses and sins, to being alive for Christ, for righteousness. So unless the Lord builds the house, I am laboring in vain, trying to build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchmen keep awake in vain. And that's the experience of this very wealthy individual mm. in, in, in Ohio, that he came to realize I have so much power, so much clout and so much influence, but I am so fragile. Look what I've succumbed to. Look how insecure I am. I have suits that cost thousands of dollars, and yet my mort I can't I can't buy enough expensive suits to cover my fear of mortality or the fact that I'm not the same young man I used to be. And this young lady that I've broken my marriage covenant with has done nothing but make it worse. Right. What? Where? Where do I go from here? Mm -hmm. What do I do now with my life? I have to make it better. I have to try to remedy it. No, you don't. You won't be able to. Piling on more sand will not fix the sand problem. Is changing the foundation, changing where we're building. And so we close the Sermon on the Mount with a fitting closure to this part as we continue on to the parables of Jesus next. But as you're listening to these podcasts and you have been listening to this, how will you respond? Will you apply? Will you choose to stop building on sand and today choose to build on Jesus? his sayings, not just to hear them, but to do them.